Hello, club members. I'm Kate. No, she's not. That's Emma. <laughs> I'm you Emma. You do this every time. <laughs> I just like, I've heard that we sound similar, so I like to catch people off guard. I just want their ear ear to perk a little bit. That's right. Keep them on your toes. Keep them on keep your toes, you- club members. We brought Emma back. She's back, which means we're about to be traumatized. I'm here to keep you on your toes, as as described <laughs> in my do- job description. Right. <laughs> Emma's here for uh, her crime corner, um, where she talks about t- true crime, and I have to listen about it. Uh, but before that, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And Emma is actually here celebrating Thanksgiving with me. With you. You should have seen the hands gesture that she did when she said that. But yes, uh-huh. Kate, I actually have to give such sisterly props to Kate I'm working Thanksgiving because this is a lot in life I've chosen um but yeah I get off at seven and Kate's gonna have we're gonna have Thanksgiving dinner so I can be a part of it it's gonna be very cute and I'm very excited and we will already be drunk on apple cider mimosas so I hope gosh I can't wait yeah it's gonna be messy by the time you get there but (laughs) the turkey will be warm so we're not here to talk about Thanksgiving today is not we're not giving thanks today today we're doing a crime corner as you might have inferred from me being here. So basically, I was trying to think, you know, what do I want to talk to Kate about today? What do I want to talk to (laughs) the club members about? So what I'm going to talk about, which some of y'all, if you're following the news, may be familiar with, the case of the Delphi murders. Kate, are you familiar with this? No, I haven't even heard of that. So I actually became familiar with this story maybe in 2018, and it was an unsolved mystery. It was a cold case. But things have changed, and it's 2022. I want to take you through this case how it started and where it is now oh wow so this is like an active case quite active and as you will see it is live and hot on hot off the presses oh my god what's been going on that i've not been paying attention to so let's just start from the beginning kate and we'll get you all caught up oh god so normally i understand how a podcast works i understand (laughs) it's for the ears not for the eyes but we're with this episode i could not help but send kate some emails that she was strictly not allowed to open with some media that I think will help kind of flush this case out because it's so central to how this case has developed. So I will be having Kate open emails with photos or other media in them. I have like one, I open my email and there's like 12 emails (laughs) with like some really cryptic, uncomfortable, sketch to perp, perp. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I got a little excited, but you just can't, you can't cover this. You really can't cover this. You'll see what I mean, but you cannot cover this story without including some of the media. And so what we're going to do is we're going to include this on our social media for you to make sure that we'll describe it for you. Kate will do, Kate will do a little bit of, Um, Emma's saying we, but she's giving me homework to do. I will be telling Kate to describe what she's seeing. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being and honest. I, and, and I'll post everything on Instagram uh, today. So it's there already. Go to Instagram. It's there. Okay. Deal. So. And if it's not, go email me because I forgot to do that. Yes. It should be there. And we will follow <laughs> it up. It should be Kate. there. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. It's totally there. Don't worry. Okay. So let's get into it. We're starting off in Indiana in a okay. little... Why do I feel like a lot of murder things you tell me about are in Indiana? Um, Honestly, I used to think it was all in Washington, but... Some of it's in Washington. Indiana. And you know what? I think I do listen to a lot of true crime. One of my... I want to shout out a podcast that I, I love where I heard about this story like way before it developed. 
Um, but when I initially heard about the story, like back in 2018 was through, um, a podcast called crime junkie that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a great job of, I just want to shout them out. They do a really amazing job of covering what's very unsatisfying to me. I love true crime, but I hate mysteries. Like I hate an unsolved case. It makes me sad. It makes me feel unsatisfied. I want to know that justice prevailed. Well, yeah, I feel like that's why I can't handle true crime. Well, even when justice prevails, it's like, that's not justice, but Most of the time, it's like, and then they never caught anyone. On Crime Junkie, they do a very purposeful job of highlighting, you know, missing persons cases or unsolved cases, cold cases, because they're trying to bring attention to it. That's awesome. And they have had success with that. So I think it, it, while it's unsatisfying sometimes as a listener, it also, I think, has a really important place. So without any further ado... Uh, no more adieu. No more adieu. And now I feel guilty for not watching more true crime. Yeah, okay, get woke. How are you going to recognize those license plate numbers? <laughs> Look, I pay attention to the Amber Alerts, okay? I We were on a dog walk uh, with my, not with Kate, but with our other sister, Sarah. And there was a car that was just kind of like, it was going very slow and then it stopped in front of us. And that's fine. Maybe they were confused about where they were, but then they were watching us a lot. No. Oh, I memorized that license plate number. Good, good girl. And that's probably because you, you true crime. Yeah. It's like when it's there, the scary unknown, you got to arm yourself. Oh God. Well, I can't, is this going to arm me or is it just going to harm me? I think that there are some really important takeaways from it for sure. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Back, without further ado, we're in Indiana. Yes. We're what's, in Delphi, Indiana. It's a town of about 3000 people. It is 2017, February the 13th. It's the last day of winter break. There are two girls. One is named Liberty German. She's 14 years old. And the other one is Abigail Williams, who's 15. Um, They are best best friends. I'm going to ask you to open up the first email. It has a photo of Abby and Libby. Okay. And there is a... Oh, I'm sad. All right. Looks like two sweet teenagers. There is a chance that I got the ages backwards. So it could be that Libby on the left is... 15 and Abby on the right's 14 but regardless they're young teenagers so so it's their last day of winter break they decide they want to go hiking and just like go for a walk and chat so they're gonna hike do it the Delphi historic trails no don't do it so they don't drive so they have their sister drop them off at 1 35 p.m they drop them off at a place called the Monon or Monon High Bridge Trail and then Kate I sent you a photo of the Monon High Bridge Trail if you want to pull that up Oh my God, it looks like Stand By Me. That It looks exactly like Stand By Me. And the reason Kate says that, so just to kind of paint a picture, and you can look this up yourself, it'll also be on our media. It's a very tall bridge that's a wooden, a thin wooden, like abandoned train kind of looking situation. I don't think it's a bit wide enough for a train, to be honest, but the, it's this wooden bridge. That's That's definitely an old train, yeah. It has to have been, right? Like it looks very yeah. Stand By Me. Yeah. So they're hanging out on this on this bridge they actually there's a, a snapchat that um libby takes of abby on the train track that day at 207 and you can see that photo attached as well it's so weird um th- that like snapchat is part of crime cases now i know and that i think that was really impactful to me too because this is like the last known outfit she wore this is the last photo that that we will ever have of her, unfortunately. Okay, I could have I could have seen that coming, but honestly, yeah, that's helpful information. It is. So last known normal, two o seven p.m. 
her dad is there to pick her up at 315 down at the end of the trail and they just don't show up. Oh, God. So that's a pretty narrow window. That's like an hour and 10 minutes. And it's daytime. And it's daytime. And yeah. it's while there's no one immediately, you know, it's not like everybody's on the trail. It's not an unknown trail. People take photos there. People go on walks there. There's yeah. a reason these girls wanted to go hang out there. Hmm. So family searches for them. Understandably, they search and it starts getting really dark. And so they're forced to call the police. And I'm not going to delay things. Basically, the next day, they about 0.5 miles east of this on the North Bank of the Deer River, they find they find Libby and Abby. Oh, my God. I think this is very much, I think it's part of the investigation and also to the credit of the investigators. They don't reveal a lot of details about the killing because I don't think it's necessary. Like, that should it's be not. internal. Um, we don't need to know about that. We need to remember these people as they were and these girls as they were. Um, but I will say that one odd thing they noted was that it seemed that the bodies had been moved and possibly staged. So that was just oh a piece of information that was noted by um, by the police officers. And they also felt that a souvenir was taken. I don't know what they mean by that. I don't oh, know. my God. So the reason I mentioned that is because, you know, that if there's someone takes a souvenir, then that's something that you can look for when you're looking for suspects. Well, yeah, for sure. So this is, I think, one of the first takeaway points. And something that I want to just credit Libby, um, the one on the left of the initial picture, what a badass she was. She's also the one who took the Snapchat of her friend, Abby. Mm -hmm. So it comes to light that day that there's actually cell phone data. And when I say cell phone data, I mean audio and video of a man walking behind them on the bridge. So I don't know if Libby got like a bad feeling or was just felt vulnerable, but she actually videoed they're, they only released eventually, and I'll tell you more about that in a second, like a couple of seconds of it, and it just like a very, very small amount of audio, but it was a 43-second long video audio. Oh, wow. That's very brave of her. Very brave. Very impressive. I think very what clever. happened was she started videoing, then as the person approached, she kind of didn't stop videoing, but she kind of put it in her pocket, and that's why they have some audio. Do they hear the person speak? So I want you to open up the next one, which is an audio clip. Oh, this is scary. He's saying something. It's playing over and over again. Hold on. What's he saying? So what he's saying, and I think once you hear the words, you'll hear it in what he's saying. He's saying down the hill. Oh, yeah. That is what he's saying. So they have, they released this audio clip. It's a town of 3,000 people. That's a very identifying voice. And there's an image, and it's attached. We're going to, we'll make sure that the audio and the the photo are shared. But there's also... Uh, like a, basically it's very blurry but there's a screen capture of like a or like a video frame almost of the person that's approaching how would you describe them kate sketch yeah they do look sketch and their heads it's down terrifying. you can't really see their face it looks like a white man I it's don't a know. white guy with his hood up wearing a windbreaker with his hands in his pockets yeah and his and his head's like down i think they described him as like maybe five four to five ten like 175 to 200 pounds something like that um but so that you can get some basic demographics from it this is scary i know 
obviously they release his audio. They release this three seconds of the 42 seconds. They release the very short video just to have, or maybe even just a, a shot of the video to show the person, but they're not, they don't get anything back from that. Unfortunately, they're not able to identify anyone from that. So in the early days, they're you know casting a wide net, trying to figure out who could be implicated in this. And the first person that they look into, or at least one of the first people that they look into pretty thoroughly, is the guy who owned the property property where the bodies were found. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Yes. Um, so this is a guy named Ron Logan. So he's a 77-year-old guy. The FBI agents who investigate him note that he's in good physical condition his voice was, was, quote, not inconsistent with the voice on German's phone. Okay. And they also claimed that there are text messages sent to and from Logan's phone that day on February the 13th that showed that he was likely outside of his home and, quote, in proximity of where the two girls' bodies were located. How big is this property? His property's pretty sprawling. Then that's weird. It- that's suspicious. And they note that, you know, he looks pretty healthy for his for a 77-year-old man. They also note that he had lied about his location. Why? So he told them that he was picked up by a friend around 2 p.m. and driven to an aquarium and then returned around 5 p.m. And then the friend confirms the alibi, but then a couple days later says that Logan had made it up and asked him to lie. Can't they just, like, get video surveillance of the aquarium? I don't know, but they it was that cell phone location that said, "Hey, they were he was lying." And I think part of that has to has to do with him having some like bond violations or actually I think he may have had a, a drinking like a, he was a wasn't allowed to drink or something like that, like drink a drive. He had it was on probation or, or something like that. So mm-hmm. the way they pitched it, um and you'd have to look it up to get the details cuz I don't have this written down. This is just from memory. There was some sort of sort of parole violation that he was trying to dodge. That was his explanation for why he lied is that he didn't want to get in trouble for his parole violation. Though it seems odd. Okay. It's like parole violation making yourself look suspicious in a double murder. A double murder on your property. Yeah. Of children. I'd probably be telling the truth. Um, and it, you can look, you can take a look at a photo of him. Granted, this is, so he's, there's video of him talking to people. Um, if you look at Ron Logan, the photo I sent you, I guess that's mm-hmm. from one of his arrests. He looks kind of rough here. He does look rough here, but that, I could see that being this guy. Yeah. I mean, it's vague, but I could see that being this guy. I could see it not being this guy. Exactly. So he was never officially named a suspect. They end up doing a search of his house, a search of his property, and he ultimately is never charged. Okay. That's okay. I'm going to assume that they have information that we don't have. I would assume so. One of the tough things about this that I think is important for, I think the fact that there's a lot of limited information, like you wonder what's in those other 30 seconds of video and audio Um, but I think there's a lot that's protected in this situation because they just don't have, they're being very careful about what they release to the public because they don't know who's, who did it, you know? Yeah, they should be careful. Yeah. It's just frustrating. So then they release a police sketch, get, give a little bit more information. Kate, do you have, um, a sketch email? Yeah, I have two. Okay. So do the first sketch one. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So they released that sketch image. Um, it's a guy. Can, can you describe him for me? Yeah, he looks. Um, he's got like a five o'clock shadow, wide set eyes. 
um, a wide nose, kind of um, older guy, say like 55. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's pretty accurate to what he looked like or what that sketch looks like. So they release that. They're hoping to get get some more information. Unfortunately, the case goes cold. They don't mm-hmm. get a new. They don't have a new official suspect. They don't have a new person charged. Nothing like mm-hmm. that. So then, a year later. So now we're in 2019. This happened in February of 2017. They release a new sketch. Now open the second one. Okay. But this is a completely different person. Exactly. They look so different. I'm like, what the hell? Okay, so this person is like, I don't know, late 20s, early mid 30s. His eyes are like close together. He has a narrow nose. Doesn't have facial brows, hair. No facial hair. This is in like a big, like a really big crimson chin chin. I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're doing their best with like the clip that they've got. Yeah, I guess. And I, I suspect maybe they have some more information. I think the first sketch was released based off of um, witnesses of people who are coming in and out of the area. Um, and this one, I really don't know what this one came from. I'm hoping that I'd like to assume it came because they had some more evidence or I know that they found some hairs on the trail or there's some hairs, I think near the body. Oh my God. So maybe they, like, they were like, Oh, these are curly. I really don't know. I don't know how they got to that place. Well, it's weird. It's weird. Doesn't look like the first one. It's kind of hard to even know what you're looking for at this point because yeah. they look so different. Looking for a white guy. Exactly. And shockingly or not shockingly, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So nothing happens. That was released in 2019. Come all the way to 2021 when there is a break Whoa. in the case. Whoa, that's so long. It's kind of really makes you think a lot of the, the investigators and the people involved in keeping this moving. Yeah, yeah, for real. Thanks. Thanks, you guys. We, yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate you. appreciate you. Clarice Starling is, is my hero, so <laughs> to all the real ones. So in 2021, they make public that there's this fake social media account that they find. Um, there's a guy named Anthony Schatz. If you want to look at Anthony Schatz 1, the email I sent you, you can see okay. what his profile looked like. And he was on Snapchat and he was on Instagram. This guy's young. Very young. This is like a teenager this is like a teenager with like a with like tattoos on his arm leaning against a mirror smirking at a selfie that's what you got that's anthony shots wait how is he involved this person was communicating or this account was communicating with libby german one of the girls the same girl who (gasps) had taken the photo of her friend on the tracks the same girl who had had the very brave idea to, to record her interaction with that strange man Oh. So apparently she had been talking to this Anthony Schatz character. Okay. Unfortunately, they figure out Anthony Schatz is not a real person. Oh, no. It's linked to this man named Keegan Anthony Klein, who uh, basically admitted to trying to groom underage girls into sending (gasps) him, like, naked photos and naked videos and trying to get, like, their addresses and stuff like that. So, I mean, pretty pretty sketch i'm pretty suspicious that's fucked up yeah and you i actually have a photo of him for you this that's Klein character up. it's oh, under great. anthony shots too yeah that looks about right <laughs> i don't even know what to say but yes it does look he about looks right. like an incel who hasn't washed his hair in like three years god that's so perfect he looks like an incel like just his hair is terrible and i hate him we do hate him and 
he basically denied he's he ultimately confessed to all of this creepy grooming young women and was arrested That's of disgusting. child porn charges um he's yeah, actually he, he was actually had his home searched under the suspicion of child porn charges just two weeks before the 2017 murders oh my god and furthermore he lived um 30 minutes away so pretty close. He wasn't in Delphi, but he was in a town very close to Delphi. Um, he ultimately was not connected specific, or I guess he was connected in some way, but he was not officially named a suspect and he was not officially charged with anything in relation. I should say he wasn't charged in relation to the Delphi murders. He was, however, charged for about 30 felonies in 2020. <gasps> Are they all kitty porn? Yep. He had admitted oh to sending about 100 or receiving about 100 sexual photos and 20 oh sexually god. explicit videos from girls under 15. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is so fucked up, Emma. And the worst part is like you're like, "Oh, here are these other creepy people in the community, but maybe not this maybe they didn't do these murders. They were just yeah, uh, out doing other unrelated. Just happened to also be fucked up people everywhere. In a town of 3,000 people. Oh, my God. That's so scary, Emma. I know. So that's lesson number two. Don't trust a hoe. Yeah, you really can't. That trail goes dead in 2021. Emma, that's so fucked up. But here's your silver lining. Mm -hmm. Advanced to this year, 2022, October 26, less than a month (gasps) ago. Oh, my God. What happened? They arrested somebody. (gasps) This is the first arrest. Oh, my God. They arrested a 50-year-old man named Richard Allen who had lived in Delphi for many, many years, and they have charged him with two counts of felony murder. (gasps) Oh, my God. I know. Who is this fucker? Okay, I think I have a photo for you. Perp. Open the perp email. It's like, it it looks like both of those sketches a little bit. So what Kate has just is looking at right now is it's a basically like a lineup. So it's a photo of the two sketches and then right next to them, the actual mugshot. And he looks like neither of them, but he kind of looks like both of them in a way. So yeah. I can kind of see where those two sketches came from. It's like they're like different features of them are right in different ones. Like the face shape is right in the first one. I don't know how they completely missed facial hair if he had facial hair at the time. That just doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the Jufro comes from that they give him in the second <laughs> sketch. I think the second one looks a little bit less like him, like between the two. I think between the two, it's the first one. So when someone, you may already know this, but uh, for people who are less familiar with true crime, when someone kidnaps not only one person, but two people, it's very, very, very unlikely that was their first time. They just decided they were going to murder two people. Yeah. It takes, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a false sense of confidence to get to that stage. Yeah. Because first you first you want to do it and then you do something like messier. And so to get to a place where you've murdered two girls, you took both of them at the same time and they're 14, 15 year old girls. Like to some extent how they can hold their own. That? How did he do that? I, I assume he had a gun or something, right? Like how do you get them to yeah. willfully come with you down a hill? But you, there's no way this is his first rodeo. Like there's just no way. But that being said, whatever he has done before has not been captured by police because when they look into his criminal record, the only things that are on it so far are two speeding tickets and a seatbelt violation. What? Which is just in my history of like true crime reading and listening to true crime information. That's just very unusual. So it makes you wonder like what 
do they have about him? What is the probable cause for this arrest? They have to have something good for them to let those other ones go. And also, good on them because it's so easy to find someone who kind of fits and just say, this is our person, let's wrap it up. Yeah, no. And that leads to lots of wrongful convictions. Yeah. So what we do know about this guy, which I'll admit to you, is pretty scant. So we know that this arrest happened shortly after they seized his car and searched his home and fire pit. Fire pit? Okay. I'm sorry. Just the inclusion of fire pit tells me that he tried to burn probably souvenirs. And that's fucking horrible. And that's why I brought up the souvenirs earlier. Not to be grotesque, but just to say, like, I wonder if something was found. For sure. If they're mentioning a fire pit, for sure. And that makes me want to throw up. I know. Also, he lived two and a half miles from the bridge and he lived a half mile from the middle school they went to he had been watching them i th- i'm sure he had to have been that's so fucking sad on top of that so he worked at a cvs as a pharmacy tech he was just a pharmacy tech yep he was just, just a normal that's so scary another fucked up piece of this is that the whenever the girls went missing i can't remember which family but one of the families took their took photos of the girls to cvs to be, um, I guess, copied or like reproduced or made larger, put on posters or whatever. And he actually like gave them the products to the family and said, oh, no, no, no charge for these. Emma. And there's a photo in the, in the perp email I sent you, the second photo, you might've been wondering why I sent that to you. And it's because there's a photo that people found on Facebook because people on the internet are really fucking smart and really like these Reddit investigators like are really good at what they do. They found a photo of him that in the background. So it's a photo his wife took of them at some bar. I think it was in 2021. And in the back, you can actually see like a, a the wanted poster. Oh my God. He's just taking a photo in front of it. Like it's not like he's taking a photo with the poster, but it's literally like right behind him in the in the periphery of the photo. This is fucked up. Yeah, it is. So we don't know a whole lot, but you know how I said, like, what is the probable cause? How come we don't know? Well, we may know very soon. Really? So the judge said, I want you to appear before me when we decide whether or not we're going to release publicly the probable cause behind this. (gasps) And that's happening tomorrow. So you're saying he goes before a judge tomorrow publicly for the first time. Is it, is it like public, public, like televised? Um, I can't remember. I think it actually is going to be televised because <gasps> I was watching a YouTube um, like news clip from like today or yesterday and they they were basically saying that they would be streaming stuff. Um, I oh know that you God. can't have like personal phones and things like that, but I bet that media, there's probably going to be some media coverage. Holy shit. Yep. There's a lot of, I'm, I'm Googling it now and it's like what to expect during the court hearing all these sealed documents that may or may not be released. Oh, this is crazy. Why the police think it's him? Because that's the biggest question. They must have something really persuasive. And then just for future context, the trial is going to be in March. The formal full shebang trial will be March of next year, 2023. It's fascinating because it says here, the extraordinary circumstances will be discussed because a seldom used rule in Indiana does allow for public court documents to be kept secret but only in extraordinary circumstances. So they might not say anything. And it says in the rules, in extraordinary circumstances, a court record that otherwise would be publicly accessible may be excluded. 
if any person affected by the release of the record makes a request to the court. Can he make a request to the court? I really, I would hope not, right? Like, yeah. that seems like <laughs> we'd never have anything. <laughs> yeah, we'd never have any evidence. Oh, that's interesting. So, okay. Uh, to The other reason uh, to pre- substantially serve the public interest, so like they, they're just like, trust us, mm-hmm. prevent a significant risk of substantial harm to the prosecutor, other persons, or the general public, or like avoid a substantial prejudicial effect to ongoing proceedings that cannot be avoided without prohibiting public access to the Because the biggest bullshit is when someone gets convicted and then there's an appeal because it, and they say that it's like public bias or something. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like think uh, Casey so Anthony. I, I don't, I know. I thought immediately about Casey, Casey Anthony. Okay. So I, I have a feeling we're not going to find out much tomorrow that we, the public won't, but I will be paying attention. Actually, what if I don't? What if you just and tell that, me? That is how you get your sister into true crime, ladies no, and gentlemen. I, you know what? No. As soon as I said it, I was like, I can't do that all day. I'll lose my fucking Kate will mind. Kate will just ask me. Kate will ask me at Thanksgiving and I'll catch her up. No, Thanksgiving is sacred. We'll just, you know, eat some pie and pretend that you didn't send me screenshots of this murderer. So that was kind of heavy. Can I yeah, end it with a like bit. a lighter anecdote? Yeah, you're welcome to do so. I don't want y'all to feel too bad at, about Kate's situation right now. Um, cause I just Excuse want, me? I just want to let y'all know what Kate recently did to me. So what I do? I'm hanging out at Kate's. Because <laughs> I'm going to get mine is what I'm saying. I'm hanging out at Kate's. Oh, yeah. And Kate goes, <laughs> I have a secret, but I can't tell you. I'm like, first of all, no one's ever allowed to say that. Like, this is not a thing. And then she goes, Nick, her husband... Nick's going to play a prank on you, but I can't tell you what it is or when it's happening. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, so I'll just sorry. live in fear. Well, listen, the first one I had to say, no, you can't hide in her house. <laughs> yeah, he was going to put it. Um, Was it? Who was it? Was it Jason or was it? It was. Yeah, Michael he was going to. Dr- no, he was going to dress as Michael Myers <gasps> and hide somewhere in your house. Jesus and Christ. I said, Nick, you cannot do that. And then he said that he's like, and then we have to put cameras in there so we can capture it all. So they were going yeah. to try to mo- monitor my house and p- put surveillance no. in my house. I'm just I'm just saying that you're lucky that I'm on your side here. <laughs> and I'm, I'll just, I'm like, no, maybe something, maybe just a little something. And he's like, no. <laughs> I, you know, I... And it's working already because Kate, so I spent the night at Kate's and then I was leaving in the morning and Nick had put a suitcase of mine that Kate had borrowed in my car. And I was like, is this the prank? So I was <laughs> so, terrified I was so scared suitcase. to unpack that suitcase. <laughs> there was nothing in the suitcase. I opened it so gingerly, Kate, you, you couldn't have believed it. I think that I might have made a mistake by telling you this. It's okay. I'm going to forget and then it'll be even worse. And then it'll be even better. Yes, I cannot wait. But not on Thanksgiving. No, not no. Thanksgiving is sacred. We just said that. No true crime, no pranks. Okay, deal. Little pranks, a couple of pranks. Nothing big, nothing in your house. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, that's that's all I have for you. And I'm, I'm sure that's all you want from me. <laughs> like, that's enough, Emma. That's plenty, yeah. I hope you guys are having a really happy Thanksgiving. We love you. Uh, stay safe, and we'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Stay spoopy.